Welcome to this episode of the I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. And in this episode, I'm going to discuss how your nonprofit board can be one in which people want to join or become a, the board of choice in your community. Hey, everybody, this is Michael Corley. Just wanted to let you know we are now sending out a weekly, very brief newsletter tips, tricks, pointers to nonprofit executives. That includes both board members and CEOs, executive directors. If you're interested in receiving this, please go to thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter and you can sign up. Once again, that's thecorleycompany.com forward slash newsletter. As the listeners know, I work with a lot of nonprofit boards and invariably at every retreat, every workshop, the topic of how do we become a board of choice in our community? How do we create an environment that people want to join our nonprofit board so we don't have to so aggressively go out and seek people. And so that's the purpose of today's episode. I want to talk a little bit about that and, and advice on how you may evolve your board to being a board of choice in your community. But let's take a step back. I mean, that is a commendable aspiration, but let's take a step back and think about why do people join boards of directors, nonprofit boards? Well, one passion for the mission, of course, you hope that's the case. They want to contribute to that mission because they do have that passion. And here's one, they want to be associated with this organization. It's somewhat of a pride thing, maybe even an ego thing, but they want to be associated with a respectable organization in the community. And maybe even the secret sauce is they have respect for the CEO slash executive director. We'll talk a little bit more about that, but that's absolutely critical, the leadership of the organization. And second, what they want once they join or even beforehand, they want an organization that has a clearly defined direction, effective leadership and communication. They want to know there are defined processes to mitigate any chaos. They want to know that their time and their money is really going to make an impact in the community. And you know what? They want to be appreciated. All board members want to be appreciated. Finally, what do they not want as a board member? It's good to understand what they don't want. You know what? They don't want uncertainty. They don't do not want uncertainty in how the organization operates, roles and responsibilities of the directors, and even the direction of the organization. They just don't like that. They don't like chaos or perceived chaos, right? They have enough of that in their real life, and now they're going to volunteer. They don't want that chaos, and they don't want their time wasted. They want to know that what they do is going to contribute to the organization, and it's not going to be a waste of their time. So understanding what people do do and do not want when be, being on a board, we can now build steps to become that board of choice that we all aspire to. So really there's seven, seven steps or seven. These are not sequential. Uh, these kind of move in lockstep. And, but seven areas I've identified as I look at the boards I work with that really helps help you become a board of choice. Number one, I alluded to this earlier is you really need to have a strong CEO, a strong leader. Leadership is so very important, and board members want to be associated with strong leadership, and they want to have confidence in the organization or in the leader of that organization. So that's absolutely critical. I have not seen uh, what you would consider a board of choice when you've got a, a less than strong leader. So board's responsibility to hire the CEO, critically important. And have a defined process. You know, I go, this is kind of goes into the chaos statement, but have a defined process for recruiting, vetting, and onboarding new board members. This is their first exposure really to the formal you of the organization, if you will. And this process really needs to include meetings with the CEO, with board members, and even with staff. 
maybe the components of the process aren't as even as important as having a process itself so that they know this is the process that you've gone through a, a selection criteria, you've identified the skill set that's needed, and you kind of got your act together. I mean, this is their first exposure to you as an organization having your act together. And so whether that includes printed materials, giving them copies of bylaws, there, there are just steps you can take in that make the process solid and give somebody comfort and understanding that, wow, this organization has really got its act together. You know, the contrary to that is, well, I don't know. I, I kind of like Joe. Let's invite him to the board. And that's not a best practices. So think about it that way. Their first exposure to you want to have, you know, present a really good front. You certainly want to have a good board culture, one that the reputation permeates throughout the community, a board that's engaging, it's positive, very collaborative, a lot of communication, and really a sense of belonging. You know, people join boards, yes, for mission, like we said, yes, for business contacts, which we've talked about in previous podcasts, but you know, it's also a social outlet. It's an opportunity to associate with people on a regular basis and familiarize yourself with others. And so really important to create that culture, the board culture, and to be cognizant of it. And so that's the responsibility, of course, the board chair and the CEO, because people want to build those types of relationships. Now, the good boards, and this is kind of maybe a, a secret sauce or a, a subheading is provide training and support. You know, people join boards to contribute, but they love the opportunity to learn to learn and to grow and to develop. So if you can offer training about the topic at hand, you know, the, the mission, opportunities for ongoing education to provide support to the board members, that starts to create a culture that people want to be associated with. So that's one, two, and three. And now we go into number four, and that's really to have a strong governance structure in place. I'm kind of a governance junkie. I think that's critically important. And what, what do I mean by that? When somebody comes in, they want to know there are clearly defined roles and responsibilities and expectations. Tell me what I need to do. Tell me what the expectation is. What is my role? What is the role of CEO? What is the role of this committee, et cetera? What are the, the meeting times, the locations, the, the whole structure? I don't, as a new board member, I don't want to worry about it. I don't want to think about that. I want it all laid out for me because it gives me a sense that, hey, this organization has its act together. It knows what it's doing, and it's you've got a proven methodology, um, a succession plan in place. What happens if something happens to the CEO? Or more, more likely is what's the tenure for the chair? When does he or she roll over? And what's the ascension to the chair? What's the, you know, some people you go from vice chair to chair. It's a natural progression. Other organizations, it's not. Regardless, it's give me the firm understanding that there's a process, a mechanism in place. And we talked a lot about this, this last one. This is kind of a secret sauce. Make sure you have engaging meetings. They start on time, they end on time, and they focus on strategy. And, and they focus on board engagement. Because again, people are joining the board because they want to contribute. So give them the opportunity to contribute. Don't let them get mired in minutia and granular operational type issues. Keep the focus of the discussion up because as you're trying to recruit uh, different types of board members and those that are maybe more senior in the community or more well-known in the community, they're going to want to know their time is going to be well spent. Number five would be community visibility. So this is for your organization. 
people want to be associated with winners, with organizations that are making a difference. If you do not have a strategic communications plan in place where you're explaining to the world, whether it's through the newspaper in those communities that still have newspapers, social media, or whatever, YouTube, different types of social media, if people don't know about you, you're going to have a really difficult time recruiting those types of board members that you want to recruit or for people to decide, hey, I want to join that organization. How can you be board of choice if nobody knows who you are? So really important to have a strategic communication plan. And we'll be dropping a podcast really soon, depending on when you listen to this, with Deborah Jacobs that talks quite a bit about the power of strategic communication. So create that visibility in the community so people say, hey, I want to be associated with that nonprofit. Show board members the impact. So this is number number six. Show board members the impact that they are having, that your organization is having. Bring in clients to interact with them, whether it's at a board meeting or at an event, so that you can tie in. This is where your dollars, this is where your fiduciary obligation goes. You're helping this family over here. You're helping this these animals over here, whatever the case may be. For board members to come in once a month to meet, you meet for an hour, hour and a half, and then you leave, and you don't ever get to see the, the fruits of your labor. Over time, that becomes a little bit disheartening, and you can become less engaged. But if you can show them on a regular basis, this is the impact our organization is making, you'll have a much more engaged board, and you'll have people wanting to serve on the board. And finally, number seven, finally, board member appreciation. Please thank board members. This encourages participation. Uh, if you recognize and you appreciate the board members, it, look, we all want to be appreciated. It just makes us feel good. It makes one feel that their contributions are making a difference. And there are any number of ways, of course, you can do this. But celebrate those successes. Have some fun with it. Because believe me, when, when they're out at a cocktail party, they're going to talk about the organization. And their friends are going to hear about it and say, hey, maybe I want to be part of that nonprofit board and help serve either in a financial capacity or in a time capacity or both. So those are seven things, seven opportunities for helping your board become a board of choice in the community. These are not easy. They do not happen overnight. They've got to be very intentional. They've got to be leader-led, primarily at the CEO level, because the CEO lasts a lot longer than any board member does typically. And so it's got to be a, a very intentional, structured approach to saying, yeah, I, we really want to be a board of choice and identify people in our community who say, yeah, I want to join that board. So I hope you've enjoyed this. And I'm sure we'll be creating some support material to dive into this a little bit more. But I'm Michael Corley, I-501CU, the podcast for nonprofit board members. And we'll see you next week.